Welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast, where the best conversations with artists, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between happen over coffee. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm so excited to be here and share this episode with you all because we're celebrating Women's History Month all of March and International Women's Day, which happened on March 8th. We're celebrating women all month long by highlighting and having convos with incredible and inspiring women in our community every single week. And we just released our first film project, Fempowerment Project, on all platforms, including IGTV, YouTube, and Facebook, and over on our website. So join in on the conversation and share what your power is or highlight a powerful woman in your life. And be sure to use the hashtag Fempowerment Project so we could see it and share it on our platform. In today's episode, we're chatting with Jenna Ogden, a San Diego-based artist, tattoo artist, and co-founder of Balancing Act Tattoo. And honestly, she's just an overall badass. I'm so excited for this episode because Jenna is one of my nearest and dearest friends, and I'm just so excited because this has been a very, very long time coming. We chat about why it's important to be in tune with your inner child, why you should show up for yourself and for your community, and why it's important to continue to pursue curiosity and why you should be loud for what sets your soul on fire. So grab your coffee or your favorite way to keep yourself fueled for today, and let's get this conversation started. So excited to have you here, Jenna. Thank you so much for, for being here. For those of you who don't know Jenna, she is an incredible artist and tattoo artist based here in San Diego. She also travels and tattoos and does art. She's pretty fucking rad if you don't know her already. And I'm just so excited for you to be here. I'm so excited to be here and in National City. I know. It feels so good. She's here at the Futures Pass HQ. We're sipping on some topo and just... Ready to have this convo. Yes, we are. Yay. This is a long time coming. I know. I feel like we've talked about this for years. Yeah. I feel like. It's been years. I feel like it's it's perfect timing, though. It is. Because there's so much happening. We needed a lot to happen mm-hmm. to get to where we're at right now. Exactly. Ooh, so good. So good. All right, girl. So typically, as you know, we start this conversation with... Like, what's your story? What's the history? What is your history, Jenna? Ooh, the history starts here in San Diego, South San Diego. Um, I come from a family of eight kids. I'm number four in there, so I have four younger siblings, three older. Um, And my mom decided to homeschool us, so that was real interesting. (laughs) Um, I'm actually the only one out of the eight that graduated from homeschooling, so... I was able to develop, like, my artist freedom Mm -hmm. through, like, being able to spend a lot of time by myself. And that, to me, has been the core of, like, who I am, what I do now, and, like, how I conduct creating things for people. Um, So it kind of all just starts there by myself being a weird homeschool kid <laughs> being a weird homeschool kid you're so funny yeah. and then um growing up I was around a lot of skaters and that was kind of my uh tribe mm-hmm. so I had a lot of friends I was throwing art shows at my house I would like take all of my 
furniture and put it in the garage and just put all my art on the walls and have bands play. And my friends just started asking me if I wanted to tattoo them. And that was, let's see, 12 years ago. And then 10 years ago is when I started my actual journey to becoming a tattoo artist. Ooh. Yeah. So wow. That's a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do a formal apprenticeship. Um, that was really a rough go. Um, I had kind of some odd jobs at the time. I worked at a print shop, which was amazing. Um, I also worked at a bar for a week. I did not like bartending. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of just had to figure out how to make some money on the side because I didn't really have time for a full-time job. Um, I think I even worked at Sprouts at the time of my apprenticeship for a little while and I would just start like customizing high heels um doing custom clothing like doing art on the inside of clothes or outside and I started messing with some um plastics and glues and resins and started making some jewelry so I kind of had my hands in a lot of different Mm -hmm. creative um like avenues so yeah I just kept on with the tattooing uh, got into a shop in City Heights and stayed there for a couple years and kind of got my hands dirty, like doing a lot of walk-in tattoos, a lot of names on people. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Wow, that's surprising that people still get names tattooed. We would do something called the City Heights Special, and I'm sorry if I'm telling secrets, <laughs> but <laughs> um, sometimes we would like water down the ink <laughs> so that way when it healed up, like it was going to be easier to cover up because literally in the same breath, these people that were getting the tattoos would be like, yo, can you like maybe cover this up later? Like on the down low, they'd oh, tell no us way. that and like, oh, yeah, I could cover it for you <laughs> later. And it's just, uh, oh, yeah, we had to figure some stuff out because they would come back, you know, and. Covering up black tattoos is difficult. So, (laughs) yeah, that was an interesting shop. Um, Yeah, I had a lot of bad experiences there. um, But at the same time, I ended up um, meeting my daughter's dad and we had Penelope. And so now I've got a five year old little girl. Who loves you so much? Oh, she's always like, her. oh, she's Miss Alyssa. So cute. I love, I love, love, love her. She's the cutest thing in the world. Uh, I am seriously so inspired by your journey because I know that you've gone through so many challenges just from the conversations we've had off air and like through developing our friendship, which is so crazy when I think about it because I remember meeting you years ago um, when the church was still around. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was such a pinnacle part in this community and such a big part of both of our journeys, in a sense. This is a hub. And um, to be able to see you grow, doing your own thing, and being in a beautiful space now, being supported by fellow artists and people who you consider family, I think is incredibly important. And I love that, like, we're both in in spaces that we feel so confident to create and yeah. in, in, a, in a space that allows other people to thrive as well. Absolutely. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of share where you're at now and kind of this new space that you're in and how people could get tattooed by you. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> like, 
just the feeling that you're talking about, it, it, it feels like you're wrapping a piece of your home like around you everywhere that you go. And I feel that here in this space with us now. And that's how I feel when I go to the new studio who I um, share with my business partner and my best friend's fiance, Chad Whitson. And um, we have the balancing act tattoo and we were a private studio in Cortez Hill and we've got this amazing view of the city. And it's just like this place feels like a castle on a hill and mm -hmm. I just it's somewhere that I've also dreamed of being and just the environment itself it just feels so refreshing and like kind of untouched this tiny part of downtown and I can see Balboa Park like right out oh, the window wow. mm -hmm. um I just feel like I've finally gotten to a place where I've gotten everything that I've wanted and now I have uh, enough of a security of the, of who's around me and who's supporting me that I feel like I'm ready to grow again. And it's just uh, like my brain is just every day <laughs> I'm trying to get the stuff out of my brain that's that's going on because my ins my inspired side is really overflowing right now, and yeah. I got to ride the wave. Absolutely, <laughs> I love that. Let's yeah. definitely chat about that because I feel like. As creatives and artists, we all go through highs and lows, and yeah. we've both seen each other go through some pretty epic highs and pretty epic lows. And, you know, how do you channel all of this inspiration? Because it's one thing to take inspiration and just be like, yay, I'm inspired, but it's yeah. another thing to take action. So, how have you fueled yourself? Because I know that you just came back from a pretty sweet convention. And how do you kind of keep that wave going? And how do you keep yourself on a pretty good level to continue to create? And even if you do have those days of, of doubt or just like a low day, low energy day, like how do you get yourself out of it? Um, I kind of have a small laundry list of things that I do. Um, and I actually keep everything in my passion planner. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been using a passion planner for like, I think four or five years now, started at the church, got that yeah. there. Um, in the back, I've written a list of everything that I want in my life, uh, the qualities and people that I want to have around me in my circle. Um, and so when I am having these days where I'm feeling extra low on emotional, um, drive where I feel like I can only just spend time by myself at home. I can look and look at what I've written about myself and about who I have around me and reevaluate where I'm at and what I need. And sometimes it's just like journaling. I've actually been doing a lot of video diary oh. stuff lately. Um, I get my hands dirty in the garden. Um, I've been rock climbing, bouldering lately. Um, I do meditation, prayer. I really trust my own intuition and my body and what I need when I wake up. Um, mm -hmm. Like today, you know, today I really needed to sleep in. My body was really sore. My mind is just, it was going, 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 literally until I fell asleep. I was like drawing on my iPad. <laughs> and I just needed some time to enjoy the silence and the sunlight coming into my room and my plants and my bed. And, um, I, I check in with myself a lot. 
Mm. Um, you know, and I really make sure that my inner child is seen and heard and recognized because um, we weren't really like raised to understand what that means. So for me now knowing that who I am matters so much, I really have to make sure that I'm doing okay before I can do anything for anybody else, which has been a huge mindset shift mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, being able to differentiate myself and my needs from other people's and making sure that my, like I'm met first and my yes. daughter and then everybody else kind of follows suit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like it's so important, like you said, to kind of recenter yourself and you use that list of things of your goals and your dreams and the close people around you. And it's like, I feel like some people may look at that or may think like, oh, that's just like a thing. Like you, I don't know, like yeah. people, people like get, Pinterest get weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> about like writing down your goals or creating like a vision board and oh, yeah. stuff. But it's like, it's, it's really interesting to see how your brain really manifest the things that you write down on paper, right? It's It's just like, it's it's a big deal, right? Like 40, you have a 40% chance more of remembering something if you write it down, like your to-do list. And even more if you teach somebody that same thing, Mm -hmm. which I really, I like to have people around me that ask a lot of questions because it kind of brings out like a new curiosity in me where I'm like, oh, I might have to think about that for a second. Like, Mm -hmm. let me dig up some like, little wisdom that I might be able to like give to somebody else. If there's a nugget in there for them, I hope that I can provide that or see, you know, however you want to see it. Yeah. Um, Which is why I really value like the face-to-face conversation, which I love that you do these like um, face-to-face because you get so much off of someone's eyes and like their body language and their smile and, or if they're not smiling, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, trading that, energy is a, it's a lot. It, it matters a lot. It's huge. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I feel like I've gotten so many inquiries of people who may not be in San Diego or, you know, like they just want to do it over a zoom call. I'm like, I yeah. can't do that. Like, I think, I think I would have considered it a few years ago. Um, and then now like, it's just like a hard pass. Like I can't do that. You know, I just, again, I put so much value in human connection yeah. and, after like really diving into just like my inner work of what I value most. And that is face-to-face connection. It's conversation. It's not texting. It's like literally all the, all the messages that I send you, it's like a voice memo, you know, yeah. I'm like, I want you to know like the cadence in your voice, exactly. the excitement or, mm-hmm. you know, fresh, you can, frustration is really hard to um, have in a text message. Exactly. You don't have a tone. Um, so yeah, texting is rough for me. Oof. Yeah. There's always like some sort of miscommunication and, yeah. uh, you know, social media alone. I'm, I'm really trying to put more intention towards it. And yeah. especially through this platform, cause I do feel like we have some sort of platform to give others this opportunity to share their story, which it's is why deal. I really appreciate you being here and being so open and, and, you know, just sharing space with me. And like, that's literally all I want at the end of the day is just everyone to have this feeling like they're sitting with us at this table yeah. and, you know, that they're sipping on a Topo Chico like, yeah, girl, like, that's what's <laughs> up, you know? <laughs> I know. It's funny. I'm like, drinks, like bubbly drinks, they always remind me of the beach. And I'm like, I just 
feel like I kind of have an inner beach like in me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I take that wherever I want. Like it's my choice, you know? And, um, I just, I have so much peace in my life right now, like mm-hmm. around just inside me that I just feel like it's so necessary to share that with other people. And in whatever way that comes out, you know, like, you know, just sharing a seat at a table or a meal, like meals are super important Mm -hmm. for me to share with people too. Uh, Speaking of which, I saw the video that you did with Stigma and you got to make them waffles. I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. I'm still waiting for that meal. Yeah, that kind of came out of a random left field (laughs) idea. What what do you like to eat? I loved, like, cooking for people is my jam i love cooking for people yeah, do you have um, any special food requests i will totally you know what? make it whatever your specialty is i'm not picky i, I love mexican lot. food i got a lot i like to be really creative and loose in the kitchen and try a lot of things mm-hmm. um so i mix a lot of different uh styles so you'll have like little asian mm-hmm. um a lot of like really fresh foods i like to just kind of mix it up and keep it fun yeah Gosh, I always feel like there's always something so fun happening in your stories because, like, again, like you mentioned in the very beginning, you you have your hand in so many different things. Like, you know how to cook. You know how to make things out of resin. You know how to make art. You're a fucking artist. You know what I mean? Like, and that transcends into so many different, like, branches from yeah. your tree. And I feel like it's so beautiful to see because – you're not only giving it and extending it to, you know, your friends and your family, but also your daughter. And like Penny is seriously the cutest thing in the world. And like, I, I would love to hear your experience of being a mother. Oh man. It's been incredible. I like literally the moment I found out I was pregnant with her, my entire life changed. Everything about my life changed. And I I saw myself as this whole person and then was realizing that I had this huge responsibility to somebody else and that I better get my own stuff together if I'm going to take this huge on taking. And, you know, I take it really seriously and I also have like a lot of fun. I had a, my mom is like the funnest mom ever. Um, And I try to just be really gracious with myself because I know that I'm going to make every mistake there is to make in the book and more probably. And she's going to have her own set of stuff to deal with at, you know, some point in her life. And I, I want her to see that I was just trying to be as authentic with her as I could and, Um, prepare her for what's out there in the world, the good and the bad. And I don't want her to feel like she um, isn't able to handle something because she feels maybe like less than in a certain situation. Um, You know, being a woman is, it it comes with a lot and it's very powerful. And I, I really want to convey that to her, that that's, that's something that, is going to set her apart mm-hmm. and to step into that with responsibility and just with strength because, you know, my mom is, she raised eight of us for the majority on her own. 
and strong women raise strong women. <laughs> and, and I've realized that, you know, th it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And that's something that I now have the, the courage and voice to talk about. And I want other women to step into their power with me. Like, I'm just like, come on, girls, let's have this gang. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just been amazing. I, I didn't really have a great relationship with women through my teens and stuff. Um, I'm very, very competitive by nature, having four sisters. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't really know the balance very well of how to have a healthy female relationship. But now like I'm surrounded by very powerful women in my life and I'm I I I hold that to be very important in my life they literally hold me up you know and you're one of them I appreciate that yeah thank you yeah uh, and it's so beautiful and this kind of brings me to tying in your involvement in the empowerment project because I knew that creating this vision of mine, I, I really wanted to bring the strong women around me mm -hmm. to share just a piece of themselves when yeah. it comes to like what our power is as women. Cause I feel like, you know, when, when we think of power, we think of like men in suits, we think of Beyonce, we think of so many different things, but we don't often think about ourselves. Yeah. And when it comes to power as well, it's like, I feel as though women don't feel like they're worthy enough yeah. or um, that they, you know, that they're not good enough somehow yeah. and that they they don't understand that their power lies within. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like really like bringing that out and girl, like, you know what I mean? I have, the, I have this <laughs> battle within every day. I, I, I told a friend the other day, I was like, dude, my inner voice, like she's a bitch. <laughs> she is like, the stuff that she says is just ridiculous. And, and a lot of it is like, you know, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. I have like major imposter syndrome, like, you know, especially being around other women. I'm just like, whoa. And I have to check myself and be like, dude, you know your own power. You know the power, that, even just being around one other woman, how powerful that is. Um, and a groupful, like that is just a like beaming hub of ideas and life and oh, just the fact that we can like hold a child within our body and you know not that everyone has to do that but we are so special and it's definitely a time and I'm so excited that we get to see this in our lifetime that we get to like open the lid up and like break the ceiling mm -hmm. and kind of just do what we feel powerful enough to do, which is way more than I, what I would have seen for myself even 10 years ago. Yeah. Cause you know, being a female in the tattoo industry, I have met a handful of girls, but 99% was men. And it was really difficult with the comments of, well, your stuff looks really feminine and that just doesn't look tattoo style enough. And I'm just like, uh, I didn't even feel like fighting back because it just felt pointless because the things that they were saying were my strong points and they were 
shooting it back at me as a negative. So mm. it's just, it seemed like kind of a waste of breath to even try and combat that. So I, you know, until like a couple years back, I felt really lost in that industry of like, you know, I'm in a boys club. Like my voice doesn't really matter that much because no one wants to listen to what I have to say. I didn't feel powerful. And I had a friend that called me up and she's like, hey, I really want to do like this interview. And we did just kind of like a blog style interview. And she had a question for me that kind of shook me. And she goes, would you consider yourself a leader? And immediately I was like, yes. Because I had started doing research on what strong leaders look like and what it takes and the example that you have to set for the people around you. And I was like, wait, that's me. Mm. It's not the person that I'm looking up to and being like, hey, you're not a good leader. I started reading these books and like seeing what good leaders look like. And I started identifying with those things. And I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> like I got this. Yeah. And started changing like my inner voice. As much as she, I feel, will always be there and exist, that's okay with me. I have accepted that part of myself and that's part of my past, but that's not going to be who I am and that's not going to be my future. And I get to choose whether or not I'm going to listen to her or not. Mm -hmm. So, like, sometimes I'm just like, bro, shh, just cut it out. <laughs> I just don't have time for that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, girl, I love that you brought that up because, yeah, you are a tattoo artist and you are in a very male-dominated industry. Yeah. And, you know, I feel – I don't feel the same pressures because I know, like, obviously, like, your clientele is different. Everything that you do is different. But being in the film industry when it is predominantly male <laughs> and you see that even the, the leaders in film and, like, you see, like, all these directors and producers that are predominantly male – and the work that I do, I, I had to go through this like kind of identity crisis myself in yeah. the last year mm -hmm. of like, how do I even define myself? Mm -hmm. Who am I? What am I in, in this company that I built even? Yeah. Because here we are working on like cool film projects and then like even bigger ones. And like, it's, it's crazy to see that like everyone on, on cast or crew, you know, or either like predominantly white or predominantly male. Yeah. <laughs> and I have nothing against either thing, but to not see myself identified or yeah. not feel like my, my voice was being heard in that way. I really felt like, okay, I could either use this as a way to bring me down or lift me up as I do become more familiar with this space and really start asserting myself as a producer yeah. and a photographer and, you know, whatever, I, whatever hat I put on that day. And, um, it is so interesting because, you know, just, we all have our own unique experiences, but I also feel like there's always that common thread yeah. of just like being human, right? Just being yeah. understanding towards one another, which I feel like is so weird to come across people, especially in this community who may not think the same as you, even though they may like preach something, but then like behind the scenes do something completely different. Yep. And I think it's so easy for us because we are such friendly and like open-minded and just like nice people 
for um, us to really connect with someone, but then like see their true colors like at a later date. I feel like I just completely turned this conversation into something else, but <laughs> um, I had so many thoughts running through my head right now. But um, we've seen a lot of stuff go down between a, a couple of years. Yeah. And so I see where, it, you yeah. know, you see these phases of yeah, life absolutely. unfold and you, you never know what one situation is going to lead to. So it's really interesting <laughs> yeah. that like now, because we were just talking before this, like protecting our energy and surrounding ourselves with the right people who understand our values, who understand like what supporting each other looks like. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of chat with you about not just collaboration, but like really being intentional with those people that you connect with. Cause you've done such a great job of, of again, like bringing in people into your life, but also bringing in the right people. Yeah. I think it really f comes down to vulnerability. Um, I had a really hard time for a long time figuring out what that looked like for me because I've always been like a very, soft-spoken kind of accepting person and that has gotten me in a lot of trouble because I accept people in a way that um, allows me to kind of just be exposed um, but it has also brought in some really amazing people so it's just a measure of how you're going to treat um the negative side of things because they're going to happen. And I think leaving like this margin of error just kind of within your mind and heart to be like, you know, I could get hurt whether this is business or personal and put yourself out there and be like, it's worth the risk. Mm. Um, and I kind of live my life and, and slightly my business that way. Um, I try to be really authentic with people about what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, um, even when I'm tattooing them, um, because it's such an intimate um, interaction that I want them to know like where my heart is at or like kind of what I'm uh, going through to an extent. Like, a lot of people don't know a lot of my private stuff, but, um, you know, I do like to have different sex of my life. Like I like to have my very private life, which I don't share my daughter on social media um, which that took me a long time to even figure that part out and what that meant for me and for her. Um, and then I have my life that I share with my clients and friends and they, a lot of them become like family and then um, everything else, you know, however I reach out to my community and um, there is a lot of like possible heartbreak when you do collaboration stuff with people you you want an outcome and you have like you see this thing with this person you kind of try and do what you can together and you know there's been a few times and you've seen me go through quite a few things in the last two years where I've kind of gone above and beyond and then gotten like shot down and you know you have to like let yourself feel disappointed because maybe your standard was higher for that person and they didn't meet it and you know not trying to numb that part of yourself away and be like oh that doesn't matter like sometimes the collaborations don't work out and I, I just want to keep pushing towards the quality and like the right people are going to come mm -hmm. I just really trust that you know 
God's going to bring the right people in my life at a right time, and that might not be for a long time. So I want to make sure that those shared spaces, that it's really quality stuff that's within those spaces with those people, because I don't know what's going to happen later on in their lives. If they've like treated me a certain way, I still want the best for that person. And that's like, it's easy to just say it, but like sending people off with love is a really big deal for me because I don't know if I'm ever going to see that person again. Right. So even, you know, the couple situations that I've been in the last um, even year and a half, um, it's frustrating because, you know, I wanted a better outcome and then um, sometimes I really just had to let it go and just, you know, send them off with love, whoever those people were, you know. So it it takes a lot mm-hmm. to just free yourself of that. And I think yeah. that's really what it comes down to is like, are you going to let, let something that hurt you um, fester in you for a long time and mm-hmm. keep, you know, keep you from bettering your life? So I think just being able to like let go of those ties, you know, those soul ties are a big deal. Yeah. And we share them with a lot of people in our life. So, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was seriously so moving because I know that, you know, again, like you said, you expect these people to be in your life for quite some time and you invest in these relationships, but not every relationship will kind of play out how you expected. Yeah. And, that's just like life. I really think about like, damn, like when I was, when I first moved here to San Diego and I, um, befriended so many different people, I was like, we're going to be best friends forever. And like, you know, you don't like after what, a few years, like I had to go to a different school. They went to a different school and then like you run into them again. And it's like, you don't even know each other anymore. And then again, like we were like in sixth grade, it's not yeah. really that big of a deal, <laughs> but even to being adults now and developing these relationships with others. It's like Adrian and I noticed like we went to a few different community events over the weekend and you really don't, you don't know the impact you make until you start seeing these people in person or like, you know, they bring something up that's so tiny that you didn't think would make an impact, but it did somehow in their lives and they took notice and you're just like, wait, what you saw that, you know, like that happens a lot with me. And it's, it's beautiful because it's like, those are the relationships that matter, but it's like, wait, I haven't even like hung out with you or spent time with you like Mm -hmm. that, you know? And it really makes you kind of reevaluate or really think of the time that you're investing in people and maybe they don't reciprocate in some way. And it's so important, like you said, to to really kind of let those people go with love because, like, you know, like, I am definitely not one to hold on to negative energy or negative emotions mm-hmm. because I just feel like there's a reason why I'm having them, but I have to, like, switch my perspective on it. Yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, I could have a really shitty day or I could have a really shitty client or whatever the case may be, but... I, I have to flip the script. Like, I can't just, like, you know, kind of soak in all of this negative emotion over something that I couldn't even control to begin with. Yeah. And, you know, it all comes down to the end of the day of just, like, mindset and how we 
really address certain things and how we like approach these situations, whether it is like a situation with a client or with it's a, whether it's a loved one or, and like, even with yourself, you know, and it's, it's beautiful to see that like, you know, we're all growing in our own way to see you grow and, and thrive in this new space of yours and to really build out and be more intentional with, like the things that you are doing and creating and putting out there, I think it's yeah. beautiful. And I love following your journey. And, Thanks. you know, it's beautiful to see that you're finally in a place where it's just like none of this bullshit matters, you know? Yeah. And I always thought that was like that one, that, that like, I don't know, that person that was like, I don't give a fuck. But like now I'm like that person that doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah. You, you, ha- you have to have that. I mean, you know, it's like there's like a crash landing pad inside of your brain. Mm. And it's like, well, uh, how am I going to deal with this? And, you know, you have a couple choices. And I think being able to kind of remove yourself from the emotion for a second and really look at the bigger picture of what's happening and like the longevity of the ripple effect, because we all know that everything happens like in a pattern. And so if if you make the choice that's going to be better in the long run, you can kind of have that freedom of what that does for your mind. And like, ultimately, you know, I, I, I always thought, you know, I I told my mom at 11 years old, I was like, mom, I'm going to be an artist. Like I told her that (laughs) and she's like, well, you know, um, artists don't make money. And, you know, you can imagine an 11-year-old and being like, mm, I was, probably wasn't like a very normal 11-year-old. Like, I'm pretty not normal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, well, I'm going to be an artist. So, like, that really, that conversation, like, sticks so far out in my brain because I knew deep down who I was and what I was meant to do. And, and yeah, a lot of people can develop art and I absolutely believe in that. Everyone is an artist, but being able to have these steps in my life where I like took long steps, like going to college and not really knowing what to do and just kind of randomly taking some very unrelated art classes. I didn't have any actual training before becoming a tattoo artist. Like I took this really random class. We had like a homeschool thing where we would go every two weeks called called class day. And I took this one um, course called mapping the world by heart. I literally had to learn how to draw the entire world from Mm. memory. And it was my favorite class. And my, my like very last thing I would do on the map was do the compass rose And it was my favorite thing to do. And I didn't know how that was going to apply to my life in the future, but I was living as, as this point in my life matters so much, it's going to be something, it's going to be a drop in the bucket. I don't know what that bucket is or Mm -hmm. how it's going to serve, but for me being able to use something that I knew that I had at such a young age to serve other people and make them smile and make them feel better about their life and their choices and whatever they're trying to convey, whether it be in a tattoo or a piece of art, 
I feel like I get to like fulfill my destiny tenfold over and over every single day. So when I wake up, I'm just like, okay, what's going to happen today, God? Like, what are we going to do? Like, it's just really exciting. And um, I try to just keep like a very uh, childlike curiosity, like about life. And it really has just like put me in places that I never could have imagined like that last weekend. <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. Wow. It's been really a, an amazing journey, um, you know, and being able to kind of relive all this stuff being a mom, you know, like I get to be uh, reacquainted with all these ideas I had as a kid and be able to tell Penelope about these things that I haven't thought about for 15 years, 16, however many years. And so I'm kind of being able to um, reopen this part of my creative self that's like the very first phases of my artist journey, which has been a really long journey. I would sit my siblings down and be like, let me draw a portrait of you. Oh, And I would really? just like make that's them sit awesome. there for an hour, like at seven <laughs> years old, like I'm going to draw your nose. <laughs> and like my mom gave me back my artwork recently and it's just like a huge pile. And no way. It like really was a big deal when I saw the amount of art that she kept of mine. And she was like, you had 10 times as many as your other siblings. And I was like, what? Like all of my siblings are extremely creative. It's crazy. Wow. We have a very creative family oh, and I'm, that is I'm so just so grateful. Cool. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait to see those. I want to see those. <laughs> oh, girl. So I'd love to hear, what are you working on now? I'm working on yourself? me, girl. Yeah. I'm working on me. I ha okay, I have, yeah, I'm working on logo, website, stickers, I'm probably just going to have a clothing line. It's going to, I think I'm going to do it unisex because I really like to dress in boys clothes because mm, they're same. super comfy. Um, so yeah, I think unisex is definitely uh, the area that I'll be in as far as like fashion stuff goes. I will have some crops for us shorty girls. Um, I'm just, it's, it's time for me to really just dial in and focus on what I want to do for myself as a brand, which is like <laughs> so weird to say because I just really didn't know what that meant for me to like step out just as me, mm -hmm. not as part of a shop, not as part of a collective. Like this is me. I'm like not super normal and I'm super cool with it. Finally, you know, I, People are always like, what? wait, you're homeschooled? Like, what? Like, why aren't you socially awkward? I'm like, dude, I have seven siblings. <laughs> like, I, I don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, developing my, um, my personal goals over the years has really helped me to be really confident. Mm -hmm. I used to be, like, very, very soft-spoken. And, um, you know, if you're around me and I'm, like, kind of stressed, you'll see me kind of, like, revert to that version of me mm -hmm. where I'm just, like, I'll talk really low, I'll mumble a lot, and, like, kind of just try to make myself, like, very small, and that's just not who I want to be. Like, I'm really okay and comfortable with just um, being obnoxious and being myself. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's, like, seriously what we all need to do, and I feel like at least for me and those around me, it's something that 
we haven't done until like our late 20s, early 30s, which is kind of insane because like we were told to always be ourselves, but we always find ourselves trying to, you know, fit in someone else's shoes or, you know, try out a trend and like fit into these molds that oh, society trends. has given us. And like, ew, I remember... <laughs> I remember I wanted to be so cool in middle school. Oh, I bought fat yeah, farms because Ooh. like that was like dang bro. Oh wait, no, it was baby fat shoes. Baby that, fat. That's what Ooh, it was. With a little kitty cat. And like and they had like a little strap on it. They were baby blue. And I was like, ew, ew who the fuck? You're was like, I? but my friends are gonna really like these. Junior high, uh, man. Oh, I have yeah. such a weird uh, junior high kids are literally that's that's like the most awkward time of everyone's life. No one's cool in junior high. Come on. No. But I was part of a like I I feel like my my like neighborhood and my choice of friends like through the skateboard community kind of protected me in this like little skateboard bubble that mm. I didn't really have to be cool. That's pretty cool. It was. I was just like, I like to draw on my friends' boards. I wasn't that great at skating. I really like to be around skateboards. I would do a lot of photography and um, videography, but I didn't feel like I was left out of the group mm. um, because everyone was having a good time and it was based around who people were, not about anything else really and um you know I've kept most of those friends and mm -hmm. they still are very much themselves and I really love that about the skateboard community that I I was able to um kind of translate that into my tattoo life and um you know being a tattoo artist isn't everything to me uh, it, it's a lot of my life but it's not who I am Mm. I am what I like decide to put into the tattooing. It, so for me, it's like, this is just another avenue for me to explore. And I'll probably do it for a really, really, really long time, probably till my hands won't do it anymore. But there's so many other things in life I want to do too. I want to build a muscle car. Ooh, that's yeah. pretty epic. Yeah. What color would it be? Oh, powder blue. Oh, I would dude. With I a, was literally with a racing stripe. That. I was like, it has to. Yeah, it has to. That'd yeah. be so epic. I had a neighbor with a powder blue um, Chevelle, and he oh, took beautiful. such good care of it. And he would have it out every Sunday. He would take the cover off of it. He'd dust it down, and he just kept it so pristine. And he would only drive it on Sundays with his wife. And it, I was just like you know, 10 years old, like, I want that car. That car can go really fast. And I, I mean, I have a lot of strange endeavors that I want to do. So like expensive hobbies, I really want to yeah. learn how to drive a race car. And Oh yeah. yeah. That's Adrian too. Yeah. He's like, once I get money, a yeah, girl classes. wants to go fast. Yeah. Dude. I really love going fast. And why not though? Because I feel like I think I had this conversation with someone the other day and it was like people expect you to only be one or two things yeah. or like one thing or the other, not both or not multiple things. But we live in a day and age where we could literally be literally try and be and do whatever we want. I love to try new things. And like, yeah, like who fucking cares? Yeah, why you know? not? Why not? Yeah. 
I mean, growing up, I think just seeing my mom be so free and like who she was and how she parented us, we would like the the day after like a rain, um, you know, down in like uh, the Otai oh, yeah. Valley, like mm-hmm. before all that was developed, we had a 12 passenger van that was like lifted. It was oh, so shit. dope. So we would like go off-roading like after the rain and just like go trudge through mud, like barreling through these like no mud pits. Way. And like she just wanted to get us out of the house to kind of just like spice up our life. And we did stuff like that all the time. Yeah. And so I had this like sense of adventure at a very young age and be like, oh, if I'm bored, I can just like go do something fun that like gets me dirty or whatever. And just like have that like refresh button on life. And I think a a lot of people that I come across, they don't feel that freedom. Mm. And that freedom is really just a matter of positioning yourself to do that. And it's not the most comfortable thing to do sometimes because sometimes that means letting go of that job that you hate Mm. or that relationship that you've been staying in because it's comfortable but is not serving you. You know, being uncomfortable, if you're wanting to grow, you really have to be okay with that uncomfortability for a while and know that there's something better coming at the end because if you work for it, even if it's just the small steps, you know, just that small drop in the bucket is, it does add up, Mm -hmm. you know, but having that um, bigger perspective on things, it really does help a lot and having a good community. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what I would do without my community. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Um, The people that pour into me when I'm just like, yo, I'm having a crap day and they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get it, but you're dope. (laughs) Like sometimes you just need to hear that from your friends. Yeah. 100%. You just need to hear that truth about yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have somebody to call, yo, call me. I will be like, I am the hype man. Of you the, totally like, are. I will hype anyone <laughs> up. I'm just like, sit with me for five minutes. I'll find out two things about you and I will hype you up, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it's let true. me do it. It is so true. I love doing that. <laughs> oh. I love it. You are seriously so inspiring with your work, with the work that you do with yourself, because like, it's so important to, to, again, like you said, fill your cup first and then pour into others. And you are always seriously such a shining light on the work we do here. And you're always supporting us. And we're like, damn dude, like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's really amazing to, find people that are cut from the same cloth but Mm. like they're different thread you know it's like we are all weaving something together we don't know exactly what it is but we know that we want something quality and that um that's something worth um thriving for and like setting yourself apart that might and a lot of years I've lost a lot of friends because I decided to take a different path that was maybe a little bit harder or a little more disciplined and people are like well why are you why are you doing that that's you know like I I try a lot of new things like Mm -hmm. and I'm about to come up on a year of not even having alcohol and people like well why did you do that like you didn't have an alcohol problem I was like because it's my intention behind it yeah and I've seen so much positive 
change, my, um, my clarity, seeing myself and seeing the people around me and being able to, to really gauge that value. And I, I kind of wish I had done it sooner, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. that was a trial and error thing. I just like to try stuff out and see if I like it. Yeah. That's such a great attitude to have on life and just like to be able to have, to have like an open mind and, and be open to, to that and not really knowing like where it would lead you. I had another friend who, um, pretty much quit. Yeah. Alcohol for about three months and she loved it, you know? And she's just like, it's, it's cool to see like the effects on you because like every year Adrian and I stop drinking, um, from January to his birthday. And it's about like what, five months. Cause his birthday's in May and it's, it's interesting, you know, and like, we don't miss it. It's not like we need a drink every single day or yeah. we need this thing to fuel us, but it is really fascinating to see just how clear your mind can be when it's not clouded with these things or when we're not like reaching for it, when we're trying to avoid something yeah. in our lives And, you know, that's oftentimes why we drink aside from like maybe socializing, Mm -hmm. but it's like, hey, I need a drink. So like you want to meet up for happy hour or something like that. And I've been finding ways to meet with other people over like tacos and coffee and (laughs) obviously like other things that could totally fill in that space. Yeah. Like you don't need it as a crutch or like, you know, when we would go out back in the day, I feel so old for saying that back in the day, like, um, and you'd like spend all your money on drinks and yeah, stuff. Bro. I'm like, what was I doing? Money. Saving money. People like to save money. Yeah. Um, you know, even just the conversation around money has changed a lot. And yes. that's really exciting. You know, women are talking about money mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yo, like we have some money to make. Like, you know, we have this huge gap. I literally at the last shop I was at had a huge wage gap. And got shorted out on money that I was earning. And it was really disappointing to see that is still going on. And for me to experience it, not just as a woman, but as a single mom Mm. and as a business owner, I was like, you know what? This is nonsense. This is completely unfair. And uh, yeah, that needs to stop. (laughs) It does need to stop. And I love that you bring up money because... Ooh, you know what? I'm going to bring up this song because it was very fascinating. Okay, I'm going to read out a bunch of facts. All right, so I found this post just yesterday, and it says multiple facts about women and women-owned businesses. It says U.S. women-owned businesses generate $1.8 trillion a year. 64% of new women-owned businesses were started by women of color last year. There are 114% more women entrepreneurs than there were 20 years ago. The U.S. has 12.3 million women-owned businesses. And that's pretty much it. Are you guys hearing these numbers, bro? That's freaking huge. Are you hearing these numbers? That's amazing. We are generating so much money. I mean, most of my clients are females. Yes. We like to spend our money on ourselves. That's amazing. Like we get our nails done. We get our hair done. Mm-hmm. We get pretty jewelry. We get pretty clothes. We love decorating ourselves. 
And as women, we deserve to do that. And especially like, because we like, also we deserve to get paid for yeah. the services that we're doing. Exactly. Because it's just like, if you think about it, yeah, like literally consumerism is predominantly female. And literally, there's it's also these, targeted towards us. Exactly. So I'm just like, dude, I'm tired of this. Oh. I'm really tired of this. I'm not going to buy your like crazy highlighter that's like $80. Why do I mm -hmm. need that? Why do I need and especially that? Because it's like, maybe it might be a product that's made by a male. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's really cool to see, at least in the last few years, I've been so much more intentional with like, whether it's like finding a graphic designer or finding like, I don't know, a book to read. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's, is it written by a woman? Is it owned by a woman? Is it like, is there women in the business? Yeah. Like, are they women of color? Like just being more intentional and just like, really mindful because it's just like where your money goes that's where like your energy flows right and yeah. it's also like whatever you pour into and that you're investing in it should be something that you believe in at the yeah. same time like for the longest time I had no idea like tampons were made by dudes I hate tampons and I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was just crazy because I was like, I had no idea. Like, it was a, a male-run company and they, they made this thing for women. And I was like, that's yeah, so I weird. started getting my feminine products from a female-owned business and literally go. my life has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another big thing, like, talking about the money and, like, women is I want to represent girls that feel like they don't have someone to look up to. Mm. Like, I... Um, like a woman of color I come from a really amazing place in the world we also have like the highest sex trafficking numbers here like there's staggering numbers that happen in San Diego like positive and negative and I want women to see my story and be like you know she had a lot of stuff stacked against her to really not do much with her life and I changed my own narrative because I saw something in myself at a young age that I knew I could cultivate and it, it, it's taken a long time. Don't get me wrong. Like this did not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And every day I try and like make my, like, you know, do that check-in. Like, dude, what are your intentions? Like even with social media, I have made so many of my very best friends because of social media. I, I use it as a very um, intentional tool. Even the words that I put out um, on how, like, how is this going to affect my future and my community's future? Mm. Um, because the words don't really disappear. Um, you know, we can delete posts and stuff, but you know, once it's seen and once it's put out, out there, like, that seed is sown somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, and I have a lot of young girls that watch my stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm very aware of that. Obviously I have a daughter. Like I want her to understand that I'm trying to hold myself to a, to my own standard. And yeah, it's a really high standard and I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm really not. Um, because I feel like because of everything I've gone through in my life, and especially my career, I everything that's on that list is there for a reason. Mm, and it's mm -hmm. there for me and my future and my daughter's future. And, like, I'm not going to be quiet about it anymore. It's not, it's not worth 
um, staying silent over. Right. So uh, I love let's that. get loud, girls. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. But, oh, I love it. We're getting so close to wrapping up. Um, before we do, I'd love to really hear another piece of advice you would give to a woman who looks up to you. Oh, advice. I really just, I tried to just say the things that I try to practice. Um because if I don't do that, I just don't feel like I'm being authentic. Um, journaling is like the number one thing that I go to. I'm big on free activities. <laughs> I'm like, it's a free activity, you guys. Yeah. All right. Like, your, your own hands writing whatever it is that's on your mind is extremely powerful. And, you know, sometimes I, I feel like, especially me, I've always been the kind of person that like, if I'm going through something, I really need to call a friend and that's totally okay. But also you can be like your own best friend. You can be your therapist. You can heal yourself with your own word, like seeing your words and what comes out on the paper just from being real with yourself mm. and real with your feelings and letting that a lot of it is like pain that we don't know how to let out onto the pages it's it's really undervalued I think mm -hmm. and um I always tell people to start there um if they're not comfortable doing that I would say start therapy <laughs> I started therapy in 2017 um four months before my dad passed away mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful that I was kind of already in the process of healing my relationship with him and I got the chance to really put myself out there which I was really scared to do because I didn't want to hurt his feelings I was so aware of like I, I was just I wanted to protect his feelings so badly that I didn't even really I didn't want my feelings to matter that much because I was always so concerned with everyone else's. And um, I got to speak up for myself and mm -hmm. say what happened, how it affected me. And um, I was guided through that with someone that didn't know me personally, but was able to help guide me with really basic things. Like if you, if you tr try to avoid this, you're not actually ever going to get over it. Like you really have to go through the pain and through being authentic to get to the other side, to where mm -hmm. you want to be. Um, and it navigating that is really scary um, by yourself sometimes. And, um, you know, having someone there to, to have a template for you was was really helpful for me and my whole grief process. And, you know, that process doesn't stop. You know, it's about to be three years since he passed. And my dad was my best friend. And, like, I loved, um, you know, helping him out with, like, fixing cars and stuff like that. And so I, like, super loved tinkering. And, um, you know, back to the advice, it's just spending that time cultivating your own um, your own childlike mind is something that 
you can take throughout your life and and check in with yourself wherever you're at, like whatever your career path you end up in, Mm -hmm. whatever family unit you end up in, um, whatever corner of the world, you know, being able to check back in with yourself and um, recentering is something that can change lives around you. Um, You know, going back to um, like owning your power, Mm -hmm. you know, amp yourself up, Um, you know, like rev your own engine Mm -hmm. because something that you have is also going to serve somebody else in some way. Like we really are a community and, you know, even just raising my daughter, I'm like, dude, it takes a village. Like, and you know, we don't really like use that term a lot anymore, but my friends and my circle, they really have stepped into that family role for me. And we have like a very non-traditional family and I'm really happy about that. And I'm really happy that I get to um, bring the people in my life to my daughter's life and watch them feed like life into her and to me as a family. And it's just, it really has broken down like the idea of what a home looks like um, because I just feel like my home is in a lot of places and in a lot of people. And um that's really special to me. Um, home is not really like a structure. Um, and I kind of just take that everywhere I go with me. And um, I think business-wise, you know, standing up for what's right, uh, it can be really difficult and really messy and like I've had to leave multiple jobs because I wanted to stand up for what was right. And, and it hurts. And in the long run, if you still want to fight for that, what's right, then absolutely do that. And standing up for people that don't have a voice or even for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I find so much value in um, staying that path that you believe in. If that's what you believe, like stick to it. You know, don't, um, don't doubt yourself in what you want for yourself in your business. And, you know, because these things are so closely related with our life that it affects us so deeply as women, you know, that's where our power is and it's in that intimacy and we bring ourselves to the table to business. Um, and I feel like that's really where the power lies, you know, like, we have this ability to to open up this world of imagination and it's really exciting because just it just ends up being a power hub yeah you know 100% so you know stand up for what's right yes it, it's worth it mhm i absolutely love that yeah. thank you you're welcome i feel like i i like needed to hear that myself so thanks <laughs> yeah um so the last question for you you ready yeah <laughs> obviously you know that I place so much value in conversation and connection so I'd love to hear if you could have a coffee and combos with anyone who would it be and why it would be with my dad um I would just tell him how much his 
his sensitive heart has served me in my life. And how I see him and my siblings. And it's so special to see his legacy live on through, um, through my family and, and what I bring to the table. I feel like his heart is really the core of who I am. And um, it's taken a lot of years to realize that and be able to see the positive side of that um, because of, you know, how uh, his life and, like, the separation of the family and stuff, how that played out and being able to take the the light that he shone towards people and, like, being able to share that with other people. That has been... Um, just tremendous in my life the the doors it has opened just being I feel like I'm just so much his daughter and and how I conduct myself and um you know I would just let him know he was like my number one fan and he <laughs> was constantly like posting my art and stuff and um you know having your parents be your biggest fan is like it's a really big deal it's really valuable yeah. And, um, you know, I got to see my dad be my biggest fan and, you know, I tattooed, he was my first tattoo in my oh, apprenticeship. Wow. Um, you know, he literally was the person that supported me first. And, um, I'm just really grateful for the sensitive, loving man that he was and, you know, being able to have a conversation with him over coffee, just like we used to have, um, we had these mornings together that were just really amazing and that's who I would have that conversation with and just, you know, thank him for being him and for being my dad and being the really loving person that he was to a lot of people. Jenna. <laughs> I told you, you I was going to cry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, one of us is going to cry. It's probably going to be me. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing your heart, and thank you for sharing that story about your father. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And I see, though I did not meet him, I know that, like, he would be so proud of you just being where you are in life right now. Thanks. and. Being able to share this moment with you is yeah. very special to me. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Jenna, if people want to get in touch with you, have you as their cheerleader, get a tattoo from you, commission some art, how can they find you? Where can they reach you? They can reach me at Tattoos by Jenna. You can also follow the tattoo shop, Balancing Act Tattoo. And... My website should be up, coming. We're going to work on that. Mm -hmm. JennaAugen.com. And, yeah, I hope we get to have some storytelling together. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode. I'm just so thankful to be across this wonderful woman and all of the women who are having coffee and combos with us this month and it means so much to me and I hope you really enjoyed and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you all for tuning in to the Coughing Convos podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please rate us and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're streaming on. Our team would greatly appreciate it. The Coughing Convos podcast is produced by Futures Past. And our original theme song is produced by Sounds by DJ.